Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I'm your host, Pastor Denise, and I welcome you back to the show today. Today we are continuing with part two of what the Bible says about righteousness. Um, We are going through this series of scriptures and studying them because God is calling us back to righteousness. Righteousness according to his word and not our word. So we're going to begin with a word of prayer and then we'll begin. Father, we thank you again for this platform. We thank you, O oh God, for who you are. We pray and ask, O oh God, for those that are in need, those that are needing a provision. We pray for the Bahamas. We pray for those places that um, just need you to step in and make a way out of no way. Father, we pray, O oh God, for those that are listening, our listeners. We pray, O oh God, for their families. Father, we pray for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, welcome back to the show. Today we will continue talking about part two of what the Bible says about righteousness. Now, before we said righteousness is the right way according to God, the right way of living, doing, um, thinking, and all of those things according to God, not according to man. It's very specific. The Bible is very specific about the meaning of righteousness. It's according to what God says. So there are so many, many scriptures about righteousness. And here at Hope in Christ Ministries, we are um, teaching biblical literacy where we do journaling. We use English strategies. We use, um, you know, just different things to understand and comprehend God's word. So today we're going to walk through and just talk about other scriptures that talk about righteousness. What does it, remember we said, the right way according to God. In other words, pleasing in the eyes of God, your our lifestyle, the way we're living, the way we think, what we do. Um, righteousness is what we do how we live. It is a lifestyle. We start with that before we look at the scriptures because all of the scriptures will bring us to one conclusion that righteousness is a lifestyle. And I want to say before we start talking about the different scriptures, I know from the time I was younger to now, I've always asked God about why do we go to church? Why do we go to church if nothing changes? I, from the time I was a little girl, I used to, I was made to go to church. I was there. But what I couldn't understand for the life of me, when we left church, when we came out of church, um, even though I was looking from the lenses of a little girl, I didn't see a difference from the time people was, went in church. Well, they, they shouted, they praised the Lord and all those things. 
But when they came out, they were the same. They, they, they didn't change. And so week after week, month after month, it was just a tradition of doing something. It wasn't what the Word tells us the reason why we should be in church, the reason why we should be fellowshipping. And, and can I just say that God, um, during the time of Scripture, they went house to house, and they worshiped every day, all day. Um, the Word tells them in the Old Testament, and um, the, the instructions to the Israelites, um, the children of Israel, were to keep the Word of God, His commandments, before them at all times. Teach it to their children as they got up, as they sat down. So there was a constant teaching of righteousness, of what God's standard was for life, for our lives, and for their lives. And so what I'm saying is, is, what I'm getting to is, yes, Christ makes us righteous. We're righteous in Christ. However, there's something that has twisted in, in today's society. Somehow the definition of righteousness has been twisted. Has, there's a deception attached to it. Because the word that I read, the scriptures I read, point me back to the fact that I have to participate in righteousness. So somewhere down the line, there's a deception that has risen because the word tells us about the great falling away and how people would go. And then there's specific scriptures that say men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So the word tells us exactly what we're seeing because righteousness is a lifestyle. Righteousness, when we come to Christ, we come and he transforms our lives. That's not the same individual from before. And so, yes, we're not perfect, but Christ makes us whole, transforms us. We begin, our hearts begin to change. Our hearts, not just our heart toward people, but our hearts to God, towards God, and obedience to him in living according to his will and his way. And so that's what really got me to begin to study the words about righteousness. What does it say? What does the word say about righteousness? Another thing that I'm studying and I'll come on and begin to record is who is God? Because in Scripture, one of the pharaohs of the Old Testament times said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And so I believe many people now in the earth, many individuals are saying, who is the Lord? I, I'm my own God. I, I, I give an account to myself. And so we have to get back to what the Bible says, the B-I-B-L-E. I remember when we were younger and in the church, it would say, it's the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Well, we have gotten away from the book the book, the sacred book, the word of God, the one that God has commanded us to follow, to live out. And so we're going to talk about a few scriptures about what righteousness is in the Bible. And if we repeat some of the scriptures from the first podcast, we're just reiterating what word, what God has said in his word about righteousness. Amen? And so we begin First John 2 and 29. In 1 John 2 and 29, it simply says these words. If you know that he, 
Christ is righteous. You may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. So 1 John 2 and 29, I'm going to read it again, and we're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about it. It says, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Wait a minute. The word says if we know that Jesus is righteous, right, that he is righteous. That's one of his attributes. He is righteous. There is no question. There is no, well, maybe he is. No, he is righteous. Right? Because righteousness comes from him. And so he is righteous. And the word here in First John 2 and 29 says, you may be sure that everyone, it didn't say some, some people, it didn't say maybe part of the, the, the people that come to Christ. It said everyone who practices righteousness. And what does practice mean? Live it out. Walk it out. That's what it means. It doesn't mean like I'm going and I'm on the court and I'm getting better at it. You know, in the in the in the sense of the word in our English translation of the sense of the word practice is to get better at something. No. That means to live it out, to walk it out. Okay? And so it says everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Has been born of him. That means that there's a transformation. We're new in Christ. Amen? And that's the sign that we begin to practice righteousness. Amen? Next scripture, 1 John 3 and 7. And it says, little children, talking to the believers, maybe those that are young in in Christ, um, let no one deceive you. In other words, Stop letting people lie to you. Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. So it's very specific. The word of God is so specific. It's saying don't be deceived because people will tell you that when you're not practicing or living or obeying God's word, you're still righteous. But the word here declares that when we're born of Christ, we're born and renewed and redeemed and restored in Christ, then we begin to practice or walk out righteousness. Then the word in 1 John 3 and 7 begins to tell us that whoever practices righteousness is righteous. In other words, he's saying here that if you're not walking out righteousness, if you're not living a lifestyle of righteousness, you're not righteous. You're not righteous because it goes on to say again, as he, Christ, is righteous. He makes us righteous. He transforms our lives. But guess what? When we were in school, there was always something that's called an action word. That's a verb. This uses verbs. Practices is a verb. It's an action. It telling us that we must participate and walk out the righteousness that Christ has transformed us into. We must begin to practice or walk out or live out righteousness. So it's not like we're just sitting by and saying, well, I'm waiting on Jesus to do all the work. 
he has already done the transformation, then we should see that transformation by us walking out righteousness. Amen? So that's, that's two scriptures that really jumped out at me. Again, if we're repeating them, it's because God wants us to bring the message of righteousness. God is calling us in this hour to righteousness. The word says he that um, those that do not come to God, those that don't receive Christ and live for Christ. See, because we we have it confused. We Again, we have it very confused. Because we say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, the word tells us that demons believe as well. Demons believe and know who the Messiah is. So the word tells us that it goes beyond just knowing who Jesus is. So when we say, I believe in Jesus, well, I know who Jesus is. I've, I've been grown, I, I was raised up with being taught who Jesus is. Okay. But have I formed a relationship with Jesus. Have I took the step? Because the word uses a lot of verbs. When we read when I read scripture, I read a lot of verbs. Verbs have to do with me walking out, walking out God's word. It's there's action that I have to put forth. And so many times, so many times we get upset with what somebody has said to us according to God's word. And that's where I believe that God is so, I believe God is so, um, it, it, it just grieves the spirit of the Lord. Um, I believe that, that it takes place because the Lord is saying, come to me. I will make you whole. I will transform your life if you would just surrender to me. But what what happens is, I know for myself for many years, I wanted what I wanted. Or I don't know if it was what I wanted, but it's what I thought I wanted and it's what I thought I needed. But it wasn't until the time and the moment, and I don't remember when that moment was, but it wasn't until the moment I knew that I had tried it all. I had tried it all and it wasn't working. And I began to pray a prayer that said, just get me to Jesus. I had been in church. I had sat in church for years. I accepted Christ many years ago. But again, the relationship wasn't where I I know it needed to be. And so I would sit in church. I would do church, right, because we know how to do church. We know how to sing on the praise team. We know how to usher. We know how to clap our hands and lift our hands. But are we living a righteous lifestyle, and it doesn't take us to do it. Christ already did the work. He's looking for obedience. He does the transforming. He's looking for the obedience and the surrendered will because our will fights against the will of God. And so when we say, well, you can't judge me, the word tells us as believers and we can we can we can do a podcast on that as well. The word tells us as believers to not continue to even sit at the table with those who continue to practice sin. Those who continue to do the things that God has not um, got that's not the will of God. And so, in other words, 
the word is telling us that we shouldn't be participating and we shouldn't be in, involved in it because we're set apart. As believers, we are set apart. The word also tells us that we're in the world but not of the world. Amen. So we just God is calling us to righteousness. I believe according to what I'm reading and studying in the word as we are in the last days. And the Bible says that all of us will stand before Christ. And the words make me shudder that Christ is going to speak to us. He's going to say, well done, or he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. You worker of iniquity, depart from me, for I did not have a relationship with you. You worker of unrighteousness, depart from me. So we have to get to a place where we understand that God is calling us to righteousness. God is calling us to righteousness. It's not an option. We have to obey the word of the Lord. Let's look at a couple other scriptures. So a few other scriptures are Romans 5. 1 through 5, and we're very familiar with some of these scriptures. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering." knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So this scripture is telling us about the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The, word, the, the key word here is Holy Spirit. Holy. God is holy. God is holy. Everything about God is holy. And so we're saying we've had this encounter. We've been justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are no longer the lords of our own life. Christ is. And the Holy Spirit that lives in us, the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in sin. As we continue in sin, the Holy Spirit cannot remain there because he's holy. He's righteous. And so as we choose, the key word is choose, as we choose to continue outside of the will of God, the Holy Spirit can't dwell there. And a lot of times I know when I first accepted Christ, everything, these words, these scriptures were broken down to me. And they were always uttered the words that those that ministered to me, those that mentored me, always uttered the words that God is not someone to play games with. Either, and, and I remember, I'll never forget someone speaking these words to me, either you're going to live for God or you're not, or just stay in the world. And I remember they would say this, and I was like, whoa, that's a lot to take in. But when we go to the book of Revelation, the word says either you're hot or cold. 
or he will spew you from his mouth. What does that mean? Either you're going to be on fire for Christ or we're going to keep straddling back and forth into the world. And that takes the fire of the Holy Spirit from us when we are straddling and going back and forth because the word says that it's like fire, the Holy Spirit, the Holy fire of God is like fire shut up in our bones. So if it's like the fire that has us on fire that's going after the things of God and, and living holy and living righteous, if it, the word is saying if you are cold, He'll spill you. So, in other words, you can't be lukewarm. You can't keep going back and forth. The fire, the illumination of Christ, is burning out. And can I can I just be very very honest? In this hour, the world needs to see the the church, the real church of Jesus Christ, because people need to be healed. And the Word says that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Not the gifts. You can have a gift. You can sing. You can sing the house down. You can pray the house down. But the word declares that it is the anointing, the anointing of God, that breaks the yoke of bondage off of people, that we can lay hands and people be whole, that we can cast out demons, and we can do all of these things according to Scripture. But we have to follow the righteousness path in our life. Because otherwise, the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell there. Amen? Just one or two other scriptures. This next scripture is Psalm 106 and 3, and it says, Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. So remember, Doing righteousness is thinking, what we think, what we do, all of that, what we look at, all of that. So it's saying here, blessed are they who observe justice, even the justice, the just way of living, doing things right by people. And then it also says who do righteousness at all times. So we've read several scriptures that talk about all, every day, every moment, every second. Why? Because at any moment, Christ could return. And we don't want to have lived, I know I don't, have lived in hell, literally went through all kinds of things. We don't want to have lived in hell and then lose our souls. We don't want that. God is still holy. He's still calling for holiness. One more scripture. First John 5 and 18 says, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. We know that everyone who has been born of God that's the rebirth. That's the transformation that has been born of God in Christ Jesus does not keep on sinning. Why? Because you've been reborn. You've been renewed. You've been restored. You've been redeemed. The word tells us that Christ is our redeemer. 
That's what being born again means. We're not going back into the womb. Jesus talked to Nicodemus about um, the rebirth, and, and Nicodemus was asking a question about going back into the womb of your mother and be born again. He said, no, you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born of the Spirit, and that is done in the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we cannot, we do not, we must not continue sinning. Why? Because I believe when we've had a true encounter with Jesus, a true encounter, not just a feeling, not just goosebumps, but a true encounter is as these scriptures are telling us, our lives change. The transformation begins to take place. Why? Because Jesus becomes the Lord of our life and we're no longer Lord of our own life. And we allow him to transform our lives. And that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to righteousness. Jesus said he's coming back for a church without a spot nor a wrinkle. That means purified. And we can be purified and made whole in Christ, in his newness of life, in the redemption, again, the rebirth. The rebirth, the born again, to be born again. I believe there's a lot of playing in church. I believe that God is still the holy, all-powerful God that he was in Genesis 1. The one who spoke and he made heaven and earth and he made man in his own image. That is the same God. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is all-powerful. He said, I have all power in my hands. So if God had the power to speak and life come from him. Then he has the power to remove sin, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He said, we believe. We believe. The belief is not just, oh, okay, yes, I believe you, Jesus. But what am I going to do? How do I show that I'm walking in relationship with Christ? It took me some time to really get back to God's word, to really dig deeper in the word. That's why I journal. That's why God began to unfold journaling in me over and over and over because I have journal after journal where I would sit and just simply write the word out. Write the word out, write the meaning of words, and journal. What does that mean to me? How will I apply that to my life? And when... To be very honest, to be very frank, this particular month, when September rolled around, something different just rose up in me. And I said to God, I want to live out this righteousness. I know that I have been, but there are areas that I know I can't fix. But as I draw nearer to Christ and I draw more in relationship and stop worrying about being a part of somebody else or somebody accepting me, because that's a lot of our issue, we want people to accept us, and God has called us out. The Word says, and God just keeps giving me these scriptures over and over, the Word says, come out from under them and be separate. 
Jesus, if you notice, Jesus called people out, and he called them out, not in a bad way. He called them to him to restore, redeem, and make them new. And then he discipled them to help them that now you go tell somebody else about me. And simply what I know that God has charged me to do with my podcasting, with everything that he's placed in my hand, is to remind them that I can redeem them. I can restore them. I can deliver them. But do they want to be delivered? Do they want righteousness? Do they want a life of pure uh, living, of pure joy? Because I, I heard someone saying, I want happy. I, wanted, I just want to be happy. And I know there's a song that, that's out there that says, I just want to be happy. But the word used is joy. Joy. The joy of your salvation. Uh, specifically, the word talks about the joy of, our, of, of Christ's salvation. So we want the joy of the Lord. The word also goes on to say that the joy of the Lord is our strength. How can he become our strength if we are not finding joy, the love, the the acceptance and the surrender and the knowing that there's no other joy, there's no greater love than a relationship with Christ. He makes us holy, he makes us righteous, and he has all power in his hand to restore us from anything. From anything, anything. He can heal us from anything. But as he said to the man by the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? I believe in this hour God is saying, do you want to be made whole? Not judging, not anything. I believe God is speaking to us through the things that we see happening around us. People have fallen away from God. People that have built their own idols. They don't realize they're building idols all around them. And God is saying, do you want to be made whole? You've tried it all, and I know I did. But he's saying, do you want to be made whole? The only way that happens is a surrender. Allow me to make you righteous. You you become righteous. You begin to walk out righteousness as you walk out freedom in Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. God, you are holy, holy, holy as the angels cry. And, Father, you have called us to holiness. You've called us to righteousness. And you said to be set apart. You said you're in the world but not of the world. Father, I pray that those that are listening, God, they won't be offended. They will know that we only speak through Hope in Christ Ministries. We only speak the word. Not our opinion, but the word of God. What does the word say? God, you're calling us in this earth. Because at any moment, the return of Christ Jesus is nigh. Father, I pray for those that don't believe it. I pray for those that don't believe anything. I pray for the soul deliverance, the wholeness in the heart of man 
and all that are listening. God, I thank you and I magnify you. For your word declares that outside of you there is no other God. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Have a phenomenal week.